Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Grey's Academy, the Grey's Anatomy greatest podcast ever to be in existence in the human history of humankind. I'm Carmen. I'm Kelsey, and it's a beautiful day for a podcast, specifically this podcast. So thank you for joining us. Yes, and also, just so everyone knows, I'm not making this up when I say that we're the greatest Grey's Anatomy podcast. This is just what the people are saying. It's... We have we have fans, we have pundits, we have, you know, the whole polls. The polls. polls. The polls never <laughs> the lie. Poll. Just look at every I was trying to think ever. of what the uh what Ebert and Roper, they're they're reviewers, right? They're yeah. like movie reviewers. Yeah. Two thumbs Podcast. up. Podcast. Two thumbs up. That's what they give us for the podcast. <laughs> Two thumbs way up. Okay, so today we are on episode six. Wow, we're really burning through them. Episode six. We're almost to the end of the first season. What a time. It is absolutely Wait, it's already to the first, almost to the first season? Because remember, it was a mid-season replacement, so there's only nine episodes in this season. Oh, snap. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize. I have not looked ahead, so I don't I know. I know, I'm glad. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, episode six, If Tomorrow Never Comes, by Garth Brooks. Did you listen to it? I did. I didn't like it. Well, that's because you don't like country music. Yeah, I, I immediately, so I, I didn't realize who sang it until I started listening to it. And I was like, oh, I sent man. you the thing. No, no, I know. But I didn't like look at it until oh. I, I, I listened to it. Um, but also, you don't have Apple Music, do you? Yeah. Oh, so then you could just send me the Apple Music link because I have Apple Music. Okay, well, I don't know how the, that the works because I'm old, but I'll figure it out. Oh. <laughs> I just said I've um, been sending you the Wikipedia links. Uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say while the last episode shake your groove thing, the the song made you know decent sense for that episode. Mm-hmm. This does not make any sense. I don't just the I song. Don't, yeah, the, the title song makes at all. Sense, I think. Yeah, the, the title I guess is fine, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that later because I, I actually did feel like the title was maybe for one particular part of this that I took a quick note of. I think it was for many parts, but we'll get there. Uh, we'll we can get disagree. There. We'll discuss about <laughs> it. That's the whole point of the podcast. Um, okay. So this aired May 1st, 2005 to 18 and a half million viewers. Um, and it was after this episode aired, it was announced that the show was officially being renewed for a second season. So great. Um, also, I apologize. I have a touch of the sniffles from terrible allergies. So if you hear me sniffle, I'm so sorry. I'm trying. I forgive you. Um, okay. So this episode was directed by Scott Brazil, um, who actually passed away not long after this episode aired. He passed away in 2006. He had Lou Gehrig's disease and also Lyme disease, which is so sad. Very sad. Um, But he did have a pretty serious career in television. Prior to that, he directed several episodes of JAG, several episodes of Nip Tuck, CSI Miami, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Grey's Anatomy. So he was a well-known television director. Um, This one was written by Krista Vernoff. Krista Vernoff is currently running she's the current showrunner she started in 2014 when shonda rhimes her shonda rhimes is so talented and thusly very busy because 
She has had so many other shows. She has Station 19. She had Private Practice. She had Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. Then she did Bridgerton for Netflix. She's in got a whole um, contract with Netflix to do other stuff. And I want to say still ABC for stuff that's going to go up probably on Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure. But she's clearly very busy. Um, Krista Vernoff worked with her early seasons of the show. So she worked. She was like... Uh, one of she was an executive producer and I believe she was a head writer in the writer's room for um, like the first season first three seasons and then she left in 2011 and I can't really find anything on why and then in 2017 is when um, Shonda asked her to come back and just run the whole show so basically she left for whatever reason and then Shonda asked her to come back to take her place. So obviously she has a pretty strong voice in the show from early on. She knows the show pretty well. Um, I believe one of her episodes that she wrote won or was nominated for multiple Emmys and is uh, noted as many people as the best Grey's Anatomy episode ever. Well, I don't tell me episode. which one that's going to be because it's I want to be surprised when that happens. I will tell you when it happens that it's that episode. Um, but yes. So. so also, for anyone that doesn't know, on. if anyone doesn't know what a head writer is, it is basically someone who actually cuts off people's heads, uses them for wheels on their car, and they ride the heads to work. They're the head writer. That is incredibly incorrect but she does work very closely with Shonda on plots and writing scripts so she I was making knows what's going clearly a very bad dad joke on head yes, writer yes that's why i was just plowing head right writer. through it. i'm not okay, going right. to reward your behavior dang it so you're that's what i you're was so doing. mean so you all right this say is what it. you were doing that's what i this was is, doing <laughs> this is our last episode everyone we're never doing another one perfect okay so I'm going to go ahead and say this because I was going to say it later in the episode, but I'm going to forget if I don't say it now. So uh, Krista Vernoff wrote this episode and she said in an interview that the original script actually had Annie, who was the patient with the large tumor, living. Yes. So the original plot, she was supposed to survive. But because the whole theme of the episode was procrastination and putting off things you were afraid of, they didn't want to say basically... Every if you, it's okay if you procrastinate because everything ends up okay. So like they needed a consequence, and obviously we get that George has the consequence. Uh, she, they needed another consequence. They couldn't just be like, oh, it's everything just works out on its own. Don't worry about it. So because that was the theme that they were going for, they needed a heavier consequence, and that is why Annie ended up dying. So I just found that to be interesting. So okay, let's get started. Before, I, I wasn't going to say anything also, okay. uh, but I decided you, you brought it out of me. So when I said that the title of the episode really doesn't fit the show, uh-huh. the last note I had literally was, let's fuck with Kelsey and say that it doesn't make any sense because clearly this is spot on <laughs> was the last note. <laughs> but I was I was going to I was going to do the big reveal at the end. But if you're jumping into it and I didn't know that was part of like the original writing. Yeah. Um, because, and, and so it's funny you say that because I, I had written too, uh, because tomorrow never comes like, okay, what if the surgery, I thought it was going to go bad for the, the dad, yeah. which we'll get into later. 
but knowing that like okay some of the story ended up happy but not all of it did yeah yeah so that was a note that i put in later i just didn't feel like keeping up this whole because i was excited to go point by point and explain to you why that was actually a really good title for each plot line happening in the episode okay yeah i i just i couldn't hold it in but it was the last one i it was like at the end i was like ooh, i'm gonna mess with kelsey on this a little bit um no yeah it's 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 literally spot on the song is not good i don't like it but only because it's country but it is spot on and this is a great title for the episode yes um i i agree i think it fits very well it's kind of another one of those if you don't know that it's a song title you're just looking at the episode it it does a good job yeah yeah. oh right um let's read the netflix synopsis i almost forgot gosh okay i also want to know what the viewership was i said i said 18 and a half million oh did i miss that i'm sorry yeah that was right before i said that it got renewed oh okay sorry 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 i was focused on the renewed part i got so jazzed (laughs) yay it's renewed for season two now that we're in season 18 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can knew? keep watching. Yay. Okay. Spoiler so, alert. This synopsis on Netflix. We got another good one. Alex works hard to gain the trust of Annie, a shy patient with a gargantuan tumor, only to make a fool of himself in front of her later. That's, that's it. Like a, that's horrible. That's a horrible synopsis. I know. He that also happens very early on. Everything also, that I just said happens within the first like 15 minutes. He also doesn't really make a fool of himself in front of her. It's just the mic was on. Yeah, he doesn't really even know initially what has happened. So, I don't know. So, that's that's what Netflix has to say. Also, I say that's what Netflix has to say. It's very possible that someone at Grey's Anatomy wrote these synopsises and gave them to Netflix. I don't know. I just am going to attribute them to Netflix. Sorry, Netflix. But we're also not sorry. Just yeah, on the I'm off chance that you did. Yeah, I'm also not sorry because you're Netflix, so you give me some money. <laughs> if on the off chance that you wrote your own synopsis, we're not sorry. But yeah. if someone else wrote it, then we will retract these statements. Okay. So okay. So I started. They there was a previously on. This is the first episode where they had a previously on Grey's thing recap. Do you see this? I said first episode. Hey, with look a previously- at that. I, I was expecting there, this to be a big episode because it had a recap. I thought there I was going to be something. I think the main thing they wanted to remind us is that Bailey knows. Because obviously that uh. was a pretty large plot point in this episode. So I think the main thing they were trying to say, hey, idiots, just remember, Miranda knows now. So that's because if really tomorrow never thing. comes, this is the one big thing you need to remember. Yeah, because I don't really know. If there was, I mean, the other thing that there was that was a big deal was George obviously is in love with Meredith, but I don't know. And then you know, Ellis, I guess. Sorry, there was a lot of rustling upstairs. I was okay. actually really nervous that Grievous was having a seizure, but he's okay. Just being I was a- very nervous that Jessica was coming to tell you she was in labor. So, I was like, <laughs> oh God. okay. Can you imagine? <laughs> All right, take it away. So yeah, after that, what we would have to pause. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. So Meredith starts her voiceover and she's talking about procrastination, never put off tomorrow, today, whatever you can do, whatever, whatever the actual saying is. I procrastinate a lot. It's, it yeah. doesn't, these things don't mean anything to me. I'm a terrible procrastinator in that I procrastinate a lot, but I'm a great procrastinator in that I work really well under those time crunches. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it always gets done, but it's always really stressful and it's my own fault. So yeah. it is what it is. 
So she, they talk she about, did a good job. Sorry, I, there, I think there was a delay there. I, I think she does a good job saying to like, oh, Ben Franklin, he, he literally created electricity or discovered electricity. He didn't create, <laughs> he didn't create electricity. <laughs> he he created discovered it. it. We should listen to him a little bit more, but I'm yeah, with you. I work better she, under pressure. She does make a point to say we're all pretty dumb because we all know that procrastinating is bad, but we just do it anyways, which is correct. 100%, which is and fine. And then she kind of equates it to like, do we do it out of fear? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes laziness would be my biggest reason, my biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, most times. Those are probably the two biggest motivators for procrastination, in my opinion. Okay, so we jump in. George is already annoying Being me. fucking George. Yeah. Already so annoying. He he you don't you don't see him clean up the coffee spill. No, and it's it's I wrote that coffee must not be hot. He just spilled it directly on his crotch. And then he just walks away. Like Donius doesn't even like hold it away from him or like take his pants off. He spilled yeah. coffee directly on himself. It would be hot. I don't also, drink use, coffee and I know that. Use your foot to hit the door. Right. You could have done any one of a million other things. There's no tray in that house, really? Yeah. You can't set that down for one second. You're so dumb. How are you a doctor? Okay. So that's how I feel. I'm glad we're on the same page with that because okay. I was, I was, yeah, so dumb. So dumb. So Meredith is not getting up. She's procrastinating getting up and going to work because she, because I guess they kind of use this time to establish the time frame between the party and now because she says Dr. Bailey hasn't been speaking to me for a few weeks. So, it's been a couple weeks at least because Dr. Bailey's been mad about it. So this has absolutely no repercussions, but I noticed it because the car that they are smushing in at the party is like an SUV type. Right. It's Meredith drives an old Jeep. Derek in this is driving a fancy sedan. So whose car were they in? It makes no sense logistically that McDreamy would have multiple cars. So who, and he wouldn't have a beater. Right. I don't understand. Anyways, so that's, I just, I said, why? Just continuity, keep him in the same car. So Maybe they would. just thought we're like going do- handle by handle, trying to find an unlocked car door. <laughs> maybe. That's I don't messy, know who this car maybe. is, but let's have sex in it. What a time. Okay. So I wrote, Bailey knows and is being mean. So, what? There you go. I have a quote that says, take your time, think about it, but I don't remember what it was from or who said it. I don't either. I think it was Alex. Take your time, think about it. And I wrote, so smug. I love it. Oh, it was when they're leaving. Okay. So uh, Derek and Meredith are walking in together and then he's like, yeah, yeah, we should call this off. And then he said, no, it's fine. Take your time. Think about it. And then he like smugly smiles and walks away. Yes. Uh, he's got the that, charm down. He's he a charming He for sure does. I of, like him. Kind of his thing. Yeah. I'm a fan of him. But then we go right from that to Christina, Christina and Burke. Christina and Burke having, banging in a lab. Yeah. Quickie. So I also, I've watched this episode many times and it's so weird to me. That they make a point to show away Burke throwing away the condom. It's so odd. Like they 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 put that in. That there are directions for him to walk to the trash can, open it, and throw away a condom. I'm I just find that odd. That they put they went out of their way to include that. I'm not against well, I am 
I, you practice safe sex, everybody. <laughs> practice safe sex, whatever that means for you. Okay. It, I just thought it was odd that they purposefully showed it. And I've watched it a million times. And every time I think, why are they showing this? It's so odd. Well, you have to, maybe their point was that it was slightly premeditated that they were going to have sex before work because no one just like, well, I I shouldn't say that normal people don't just walk around with condoms on them. Right. Well, they're at a hospital. There's probably a bowl of free ones somewhere. (laughs) So he's like, Oh, let me just go real quick. Walk down the hall and grab this free, free condom. They probably had them. They probably had them ready to go. They, so they had to have known. Maybe that was the point of that artistic choice was to say, hey, they, this is premeditated. Or maybe it's to say it's re- a regular occurrence, which is also means it would be premeditated. Like they're yeah. just constantly banging in this lab, which cannot be sterile. No, not at all. But it is funny after that scene how, so Christina has for sure taken an about face. And I'm surprised that in this episode, Meredith hasn't caught on to it. Yeah. Because... She's like, Christina's now saying, like, it's not a problem. Like, Meredith is talking about sleeping with her boss, and Mer- and Christina's like, it's, it's, just shut up. Whatever. Yeah, she doesn't say it's not a problem, because when they're in the locker room, and Christina is saying, you won't get fired, but these are all the terrible things that are happening, we as the audience know the look of concern on her face is for herself, because she is doing that and putting herself in that same position. So we, because we have the ability to know all the things that are occurring, we know that right. that is a uh, multi-level meaning because she's talking, well, these are the things that will happen to you and also to me, but I'm not going to not do it. Right. It is, it is also, I, I, I made the note that I will never, ever understand co-ed changing rooms in a professional hospital environment. Yeah. I don't know if that's real. Did they have those in scrubs? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they had them in house too. So maybe it is real. I just Or maybe it's, it's just a TV trope because it's an easy way to encourage sexual tension because everyone's naked together. It's great for dialogue. Yeah. I guess, you know. Um I do want to note that Burke wa- really is trying to like define the relationship with Christina. And I don't know if it's because he wants to say we are exclusive or if he just wants to know what she's thinking do you know what i mean because sometimes people want to have that conversation because they want to say we are in a relationship and sometimes they have it to make sure to be like just so you know we're not in a relationship right so it's kind of hard to say for sure which one he wants at this point in my opinion did you have a thought on that uh i i really didn't think about it until really the last scene which jumping out of order a little bit because he he's he literally goes so what is this like Right. What are we doing? Uh, and then she said, you need, a de- you need a definition. You really want to be that guy. Yeah. And I, I don't blame him. I think if you, in my opinion, and this, this obviously is with no, I have no history of having a relationship with anyone that I either A, worked with, or B, worked above me or below me. So I have no relationship of that. Uh, <laughs> I cannot say head. the same thing. <laughs> but in my head... I'm thinking, okay, well, if it's an actual relationship and there's romantic feelings, I would feel like I could justify that to myself, like the risks. Yeah. But if it's just having sex, 
I don't think that I could justify the risks to myself, especially if we go back to a couple of the episodes ahead when he was talking to Dr. Weber about wanting to be the future chief right, of surgery. Right, right. Because he doesn't know at this point that uh, Derek is having sex with Meredith. Correct. So he's probably trying to think of maybe I'm trying to put myself into those shoes. I would be thinking, okay, how can I protect myself? And a romantic relationship sounds more feasible than I, I don't think I'd be able to justify the, the risk reward for just right, sex. Right. And I think also once you put the definition on it, you can take the professional step to go to the chief and say, yes, just so you know, this is the situation. It is a relationship. It's not just messing around. Also, to yeah. clarify on my earlier statement, for people who don't know me, my husband and I worked together, but we didn't break any rules, and we weren't shady or weird. We were appropriate right, and exactly. professional. <laughs> I wasn't the just shady and, being shady, the shady with and people weird. I worked with. <laughs> the shady and weird stuff came, and then they were married, and then they made a baby. So Everything was fine. It's the good, it's the good kind of shady and, and weird. And we only worked <laughs> yeah. together for a small amount of that time, and then we weren't working together anymore. Anyways, that's my personal life. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into it. Tumor. Thoughts. When you saw it, what, what did you... What, did you make audible sounds? Oh, yeah. I said, look at the size of that fucking tumor. What the fuck? What did Jessica say when she saw the tumor? Uh, she was wasn't... She, she, w- she was going in and out of looking at her oh, okay. phone. But then okay. she goes, oh, what is that? And I said, it's a tumor. <laughs> um... But I was really hoping she said, is that a tumor? Because then I would have gone, it's not a tumor. Oh, my God. You were the worst. Cop. Yeah. But she didn't set me up. But anyways, yeah. No, I was. I audibly was like, yo, what the fuck? Yes. And then we get, again, Alex being very sincere and kind and uh, very calming bedside manner with this woman, uh, which they make a point to say that's weird. That Alex is being nice to her. So, again, obviously we know that whatever happens down the line. But in that moment, you're like, oh, okay, wow, another... Look, it's lasting. The kindness was not was not just an accident. It does exist in there. Well, I, I wrote that, does he have an angle? Which, right. in the episode, my personal opinion, looking at the whole arc of the episode, I don't think he had an angle. But I do think that his care for her and his judgment were not mutually exclusive. Like, I think that you right, can yeah, care yeah, for yeah. someone I, deeply, but also think it's disgusting. Yeah, I do think he, like, wanted her to survive the surgery. And I do think he also thought, how the hell did you let it get this bad? But yeah, potentially what I think could very easily be what happened is he saw an opportunity for a crazy cool surgery. And so he was kind of playing that angle with her. And then as he was trying to get in on the case, he also bonded with the patient and she really liked him. Yeah. And when she said, he's fun to look at, I was like, it's oh. not wrong. He's an attractive. He's okay. Guy. He's fine. He's no, he's no Dr. McDreamboat pants face. I like, all right, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Alex Who's... is attractive. He, who, who's who's uh Derek's what's what's his real real human name in real life? Uh oh my god. Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. He's an attractive man. I'm not gonna he is. He's, I'm not gonna skirt he it. Is. He's attractive. I also think listen, let's be realist. 
most of the people who are main characters on this show are going to be attractive. It's it's a soap opera. It's basically a soap opera. They're just pretty yeah. people. I mean, you know, they also have plot lines, but they're very pretty people. Yeah. George it's is a large easily the, the least attractive person in the show so far. Yeah. But they play him that way. Because if you look at him in real life, when he... Because I feel like they style his hair and make him look not put together and like a baby, in a way, if that makes sense. If disheveled, um, yes. But in real life, he's definitely always more quaffed and put together, so... Okay, I'll have to look into say, that. It is different. Um, his name is T.R. Knight. Okay, where are we? Okay, lots of looks. Lots of looks between Derek... Or, no, between Burke and Christina. Lots of long mm-hmm. looks. No one's noticing, mm, but the camera no one. is lingering. They want us to notice, but no one else is noticing because they're just lingering. And then I, um, so then they're talking to the guy who just had heart surgery. They're talking to, well, they're just presenting, and his wife is there, and I just feel so bad because no one addresses her. It's just all this medical jargon. He just had this major surgery, and then they just leave. I. I felt the opposite. I thought, wow, these people really know what they're doing. Well, they do. That's not untrue. But I'm just like, can you imagine being in that scenario where it's just you and your spouse and your spouse has just had like heart surgery that you definitely didn't see coming. It was major heart surgery. And you're just standing in a room and there's six, seven doctors and they're just reciting things that mean nothing to you. They could very well be reciting all the reasons that your spouse is about to die. Yeah. I mean, that's not what they're doing, but. You you know you just don't know so you're just left to your own assumptions. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And in, in the middle of all of this, you have George working very hard to convince Izzy that he does not care oh about my God, yeah. Meredith. Like, so annoying. He's like, "Don't tell her. Don't tell her I like her. I don't like her." Yes, you yeah. do. So Izzy sad. has eyeballs. Yo, Izzy has a lot of stuff. <laughs> um. Okay, what else was I going to say? Oh, then we get to the father with Parkinson's, which is just so sad to watch. Parkinson's is not terribly uncommon. And it's kind of one of those things that just once you get it, you know what's going to happen to you and you can't do anything about it. It's just what's going to be the reality. And it's really heartbreaking. They have several other people like patients on the show with Parkinson's, so they get into it more. But it's just really sad. Obviously, a major part of it is uh, muscle control and motor function. It's it's so sad. Well, and then there was this this moment where... So there's like a couple of scenes that all blend together very quickly, right? Yes. There's the daughter goes and says, hey, my dad likes, you know, tiny right. blonde girls. Yeah. No, no disrespect, but like convince him to do this surgery. And then Meredith brings it up. And then... Uh, you are jumping ahead a little bit. Sorry, you're right. right. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but because there's... yeah, that comes the second time we see him. Because first That's time we right. see Parkinson's guys, that she, is she brings she answers up... a question, and Derek's like, "Cool, you're going to be on the surgery." And That's Bailey's right. like, murmur, murmur. "How dare you favor her?" And then for I did write, "Who the hell are all these extra interns?" Because there's just people in the background we've never seen before, and we'll probably right. never see again. And I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's yeah. it's five. Doctor Bailey has five interns. Okay. Yeah, you're you're right. I you you I I was jumping ahead. I was mixing up the scenes. I forgot about that part where he uh was was saying, "Hey, you're on the surgery now because she answered yeah. the question, right?" Yeah, but which I, is not unreasonable. But No. 
I think, I think it was the looks common. because Bailey sees the looks. Right. Well, it's also common. I think if you were, if that were to happen and you didn't know they were sleeping together, it probably wouldn't mean anything. But now she knows, and she so she just is going to assume the worst, which isn't really fair. Uh, I was writing notes about Dr. Bailey and it was really hard for me to write negative things about her because I truly love her and I kind of see where she's coming from. But again, we as an audience member know the full story and we know the realities and like the complications and everything. So it, we are obviously meant to be on the side of Derek and Meredith, but I love Dr. Bailey so much that it was still hard for me to be like, she's being me. Cause I, I love the conversation that they have in the elevator. Um, her and Derek, even yeah, though she's kind of being the worst. I'm, I still love it. I'm like, yeah, good for you, Dr. Bailey. Well, she also says that he has overly moosed hair. And I thought, I think it's perfectly moosed. And I know good hair. Like, I, I would say that I'm an expert on that. Yeah, and she, I think it looks great. A lot of times when she gets upset, she'll mention his hair. And I think it's so funny that it's like a hitting point for her. Yeah. Um, And then and we then, get to Alex yes. with Annie. And I said, Alex is back to being mean, but also it's kind of an accident. So does it really count? It does. You shouldn't talk bad behind people's back, but I'm also not going to say that I've never done that. Cause that would be hypocritical, but, but he wasn't really was saying, mean. he wasn't saying mean stuff. He was, he was saying that she's sick and he was saying it's a little bit sad. Right. But he wasn't saying that she's a fat, ugly piece of garbage. Like I, right. For, for all, for whatever, could have been said in that moment it was way more tempered than i think what we're expecting from the shittiness level of alex yes so i agree i, I, I think actually they could have been way worse and we would have been like yeah that's alex but yeah. i think what's the issue is like the the tech says something along the lines of oh the poor woman and alex is like poor woman i don't feel bad for her like it's her fault she made terrible choices how do you live with yourself and then you're like oh so I think it's look where that. the other guy was kind of trying to be sympathetic. And Alex is basically saying, I don't feel bad for her. So obviously it sucks to find out anyone's talking about you behind your back, especially people who really don't know you. Like they don't know her. They know very minimal information about her. So you just don't know anyone's situation. And we live in a country where the medical situation is garbage. So it could take 100%. someone a long time because they truly just can't afford it. Yeah. Because this yeah, country I mean, is stupid. It, it, and, and you see later on that that wasn't the case, right? It, money didn't right. seem to be a factor. I'm just but saying, yeah. You just in, never in know general, people. Yeah. It's, but It's hard. People make snap judgments a lot of the time. You you see the look on Annie's face. It's obviously it's very sad. Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. Uh, but then it cuts to... I don't remember what had specifically uh, Dr. Bailey said, but then you the scene after that, it goes right into them them exchanging words about something. And then he goes, you know, they call you the Nazi. And she's like, yes, yeah, so I've heard. Uh, yeah. like, she just doesn't give a fuck. So badass. Yeah. Um, that's what, That was right after when Derek was being rude just to be rude in front of Bailey. Because he was right. rude to Meredith just to be rude. So um, I don't remember who specifically this was about. Oh, it was Christina because Christina's getting the patient history from the mom. And the mom's like, oh, I, th- I called 911. I thought it was the right thing to do. And Christina goes, the right thing to do was to bring it a year ago, which may be true. But you don't need to say that. 
And I wrote, these doctors are really sn- snippy with their patients. Like, damn, be nice for a second. Because in the last one, when George told the lady, well, you should have stopped smoking, she did. There was a towel in her chest. How do you feel now? Like, you yeah. just step back, you guys. So aggressive. Have well, some I also, boundaries. Damn. I, I tried to figure out the line between meredith what she did today going to that guy and convincing him to do the surgery versus the wife and uh the the other guy the where they were guy? like yeah the nail gun guy like yeah the the line for me was a little bit blurred on that callback but the moral compass i think is just where where it's right and wrong for me was a little bit blurred in that those two scenarios but i digress that was just another thought well, that i, I think had. part two things part of it is honestly just how it's received by the person that's just Part of it's the way it's received. And the second thing I will say is I think in that first one, she was too, she was being too passionate because her own reality was overtaking her. And she was telling, basically telling someone else what to do because it's what she wished she could do. But in this one, she just presents it more factually because all she really says is it's her life too. Yeah. Which is true. And yeah. it just presents a different perspective to that guy. But she doesn't. She's not accusatory. She's not saying you're going to regret this. So I think it's a, a combination of those two things. Um, because, but I, I did, when the girl was talking to her and she says he always likes skinny blondes. And then she's like, I'm sorry. Was that rude? I'm so tired. I don't see, I feel that. Um, and then she she's trying to get Meredith to talk. And she says, you just don't know what it's like. And Meredith says, I do know what it's like. But not in a mean way. You know, she's just trying to connect and, and comfort her and be like, I will talk to him. I do truly understand what you're going through. Um, it's just a nice moment of connection and comfort, I thought. Definitely in a way that Meredith does not get regularly because she can't communicate or not can't. Well, because she's she keeping hasn't. a huge secret. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Burke and McDreamy are talking about how to do the surgery and who's going to start and they're arguing and... Um, Derek's trying to say something. Oh, if you do this wrong, then she won't be able to walk. And Burke says, well, if you do this wrong, she'll be dead. So she won't really care if she can't walk. Right. Which is a fair point. Yeah. You both bring up really good arguments here. (laughs) And then that's when Meredith comes and asks Derek to talk to the patient. And then he says, oh, Bailey's watching. So I'll be rude just for the sake of being rude. Which honestly, I kind of understand. But you need to like clue the other person in on it first just be like just so you know i'm gonna have to be a dick to you in front of her it's just for both of our sakes but i just know i don't mean it i just yeah. kind of prepare because it really i mean first of all it's totally unmotivated like the the level of response is absurd and second of all i mean she's very taken aback as she should be even if that's not the person you're sleeping with just someone talking to you like that at all is uh, ridiculous yeah, it's it also I don't know. I have a hard time being on Bailey's side for this because in no no scenarios an overcorrection is the answer, right? Correct. If it's your sh- there's a perception of showing favoritism versus a perception of just being a giant asshole. Both are wrong. Like yeah, just exactly. go on the merit and that's it. Um and then we get back to Annie, she gets mad and she says i'm not doing the surgery if alex is on the case anymore so he gets kicked off burke yells at him he's like what did you do if if something goes wrong you're 60 percent more likely 
to get sued because you've pissed off the patient. So like the patient has to like you to not sue you basically. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they go out of their way to say that. Um, I also want to know what the studies are and what the gauge is on a scale of Um, one to 10. How would you say you'd like this doctor? Yeah, I'm sure just medical malpractice suits. Um, So then he's Burke's kicking him off the case. And then Christina comes over and says a bunch of mean things, basically the same stuff Alex says. And I like it that Alex called Burke out and is like, well, why isn't she getting banned? And he just, he doesn't say anything. He just walks away. But I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's a good question. If you're punishing him for shit talking her behind her back, then you have to punish everyone who does that. Yeah. It's the consistency for me, but then George gets reassigned and it's funny because you, you don't see it, but you don't think about it. He's the first person to ask like, why did you wait so long? Like this is crazy. They do have a nice moment. I did write, you know, George, as many times as I truly am annoyed with him, he's good with people, like the patient specifically. He's very good. He has an excellent bedside manner. I feel like he would have a very calming presence. Um, And he does a good job. You know, he's not being judgmental. He just asks and she tells him and then, you know, he complains about his love life. And then um, this is the introduction of Seriously to Grey's Anatomy. You will learn very quickly that seriously is borderline just a catchphrase for this show. People say it a lot. And Shonda Rhimes has said in an interview that Krista Vernoff, the one who wrote this episode, was the reason that they started using it because when they she used it a lot in her own life. And she said when used correctly, it can convey sarcasm. It can convey anger. It can convey happy. Like it can do basically an array of emotions. So it kind of becomes a catchphrase. People just repeat it a lot. And this is the first time we see that. But I just thought that was fun that she says it a couple of times. And then we have the cringiest scene I have ever seen in the entire it's history of cinema. Really? Ever. Have you not watched Scott's Tots? This is not worse than Scott's Tots. What's uh, Scott's Tots? Office? No, I haven't seen that okay. scene. It's bad. No, I it's worse than this, but this is pretty bad. I'm watching this scene unfold and now everyone, so everyone joins the table one at a time. Right. And then George fumbles over his words, asking Meredith to drink alcohols in front of everyone. Yeah. And I literally said my, my quote was fucking George being a pathetic bitch in front of everyone. That was so cringy. Wow. That was my quote. My quote was, Oh George, it's so bad when you speak. It's just, it's not even like I, I look, I have not always had the confidence that I have and I've not always had the ability to speak to women. But never in my life was it that bad. I mean, it's like he can't talk to people. And it's ridiculous because a scene ago, he was doing a great job with a patient. Who's going to die? It makes no sense. I'm like, you clearly can talk to human beings. Because then a scene later, it looks like you've never been around another human. Like you've been raised in a cave. What are you doing? 100%. Um, I also like in that... (laughs) In the beginning of that scene, when Alex comes over, he asks a question and Christina says, don't sit here. And then he sits <laughs> down and then he asks another question. She says, why are you sitting here? I just <laughs> love it. I love her so much. She is just my favorite. 
Um, okay, so let's get into this. I wrote, so they have the conversation with the Parkinson's guy where he doesn't want to have the brain surgery. Would you have the brain surgery? In Not specific to your current state. Like, if you were in that exact scenario, you are this girl's only parent. Her mother has already died. She's getting married next month. You are already going to have surgery for pain, but you're not going to, but this surgery could potentially help you get your motor control back. I think in this scenario, I have to do the surgery. If I'm already going to get cut open, I like the only, there's two options essentially. Well, three, nothing changes. Number one, number two, you die. Okay. Number three, huge quality of life. It works. Right. So the the risk reward for me makes sense, and also yeah. at the end of the episode, I know we're obviously we're jumping uh, ahead on that, but like he's walking, like yes. he's not convulsing on the bed, basically like that. without help. Yeah, to me, and and I I do have someone in my family with Parkinson's, same, and it's it's so terribly sad. It, you, yeah. you become a shell of a person. So if I got that diagnosis, I would for sure do the surgery. And especially if it was like my daughter is getting married. Yeah. And I want to walk her down the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing the surgery. Especially if she's pushing so hard for it. So she knows the risks also. So your excuse cannot be like, oh, I don't want to abandon her. She knows the risks. Also, the risks are presented as like it's going to be successful. Like it's a simple surgery. It's going to be. It seems like there's a higher chance that it just won't work than that you'll die. So that yes, there are three options, but the death one is less likely than the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You, you, you doing the surgery? I think so. Yeah, I do. Although I have terrible anxiety. So in the reality of being in that situation, I could also see myself not doing it. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hard uh, to just- say. <laughs> The the scariest thing about brain surgery is that you're conscious the entire time. Like, fuck well, that. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. But this was another awake one because I know a couple episodes ago with the nail guy, you were like, this is awake brain surgery. And I told you that it was going to happen a lot. And here we are yeah. two episodes later and it's happening again. And I the thought, only thing, I was going to hate this. The, <laughs> the only thing to me that I, that I don't like watching more than brain surgery is like eye surgery. If I ever needed eye surgery, yeah. no. Just take, just, I'm de- put me out. I'm I think done. there's... There is some ice, very few eye things on this show. And I have truly probably the only times when I've actually had to look away. A lot of the stuff they show doesn't bother me, but I'm with you. The eyes, it's bad. It's bad. If, it's if I, I don't want to see it. If I see someone else with something in their eye, I start getting watery eyes. I start going like, oh, man, my eyes. Ow. It truly uh, blows my mind that people wear contacts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Someone putting the contacts in their eye. Yeah, oh, you I'm don't watch Jessica thinking do that it. every day. No, no, I don't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, because I Carmen watch. and I are very blessed that our eyeballs just work. We don't need assistance. Um, hashtag, hashtag blessed. blessed. Hashtag very lucky. Um, but yeah, so that also stresses me out. Also, it's funny because both of our significant others are very blind. Well, yes, it's true. <laughs> um, okay, so we're getting to the tumor surgery. Uh, they go for it. Sorry. I do not want to skip over the fact that George got puked, not George, Alex got puked oh, on yes. in the hall. Yes. I like that. And then Izzy says, you're my favorite person. 
Yeah, I actually cackled. I think vomit is hilarious, so <laughs> I laugh anytime someone pukes. So anyways, continue, my friend. But... Okay, so it's going to be a 14-hour surgery is what they're estimating. And Christina and George are just going to be holding 50, 60-pound tumor that whole time. That's it. That's all they're going to be doing. Ow. I can't not they're... do anything other than sleep for 14 hours straight. There's nothing I could successfully <laughs> do for 14 hours other than sleep. There needs to be every two hours, someone has to come in and tag out. Like, that yeah, can't be real. I think the reality of the situation, that would happen. And that happens later on in the show when there are really long surgeries. Like, they have things, they have, um, like, different teams, I guess, different shifts who come in and tag them out. So, it is weird that they wouldn't do that. I guess the idea is that there's all those nerves and stuff, so they can't risk the movement. But then I'm like, just get another table. Just put it on a bigger table so that yeah. the table's holding it up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'll say it again. That's going to be the the theme of this show. I'm not a doctor, but. <laughs> but if I was. Um, okay, so we got to talk the Meredith and Bailey combo. The monologue the that. Yeah. Yeah. The monologue that Bailey had was great. She makes very good points. She does. I. I'm it's, torn. Like, it's hard. It's yeah, it's hard because I truly love Dr. Bailey. And I again Chandra Wilson is an incredible actress. She does such a good job in this role. It's it's so hard to have a moment where you don't like her. And even though you know objectively, okay, I'm not supposed to be on her side, I'm a little bit like, yeah, Meredith, shut up. <laughs> I I think it was an important thing to bring up to Dr. Bailey because this is where I think Bailey was was in the wrong. She was yelling at uh, Dr. Dr. Dreamface mm-hmm. for... I'm, I'm trying to come up with a different name every time I reference him. I um, noticed. Dr. Dream Handsome Face. Uh, she's yelling at him for being... Favor- like, showing favoritism. Right. To the point where she, he, she forces him to overcorrect and be a dickhead. Right. But that is just as unprofessional as showing someone favoritism. I agree. So... In when when Meredith brings up to Bailey that they slept together or they were involved before she knew that he was the boss, right? I think it's an important piece to bring up, but I like that it doesn't end there, and I like that Bailey was like, "But you kept seeing him after." Yes, That's and now the you're problem. impacting my life. That's the problem. Right. It's now I have to stand here and listen to you talk to me about your sex life, and yeah. that's a problem for me, which is a fair point, but. I also have to give Meredith credit because when you're in this situation that she's in where you're basically like the bottom of the food chain and you have to talk to your superior about something like that, she doesn't really have to do it, but she chooses to do it because she thinks it's the right thing to do. And I do give her props because I do think that would be difficult, especially because, again, Dr. Bailey is like a force to be reckoned with. They call her the Nazi. You know, these are things like she's feisty. Yeah, and and clearly she has pull, right? Like right. she's respected uh, by by Burke, by Weber. Um, what's Derek's last name? I forget. Doctor um, Derek. Um, sorry, Shepard. Shepard. So yeah, I I have a hard time on both sides. I, she she is both right and wrong in the same sentence. Yeah. But, and in a lot of ways, so is Meredith and so are Derek. Like, truly, everyone is. We live in a world 
way beyond black and white. There's everything is gray area. So again, everything is gray's academy. Oh, nice. Um, again, you don't know the full situation, so don't think that you do. So anyways, okay. So Alex goes to change. We see his pager is dying and then he's up in, he's talking to Meredith and he's just so smug and it's kind of like, you're you're kind of charming, but I still hate you. But I understand how you get people because you're charming, but you're smug and an asshole. So so many things. So complex. He's an onion. He's like an onion. He has layers. <laughs> layers. <laughs> yes. So the, I just think that's interesting. My favorite, favorite, favorite scene from this this episode yes. is is Izzy's surgery. Yes. Hold on. It goes on. Yeah, that, 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 that's right after yeah. their scene, right? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, um, it's, ahead. Well, it's I'm a getting few too excited. Because she does, she's doing, she's basically running that floor by herself because Alex's pager is dead. So she is doing, they do show her um, in the next scene going and like going to all the patients. So she's like, Paige, Dr. Crab, Paige, Alex, Paige, Dr. Crab. So I, because I wrote, um, Izzy is struggling, but that they, they do show Meredith in the brain surgery and she just does a really great job with that patient. You know, she he, and he even says, like, shouldn't you be back there where you can be learning? And she says, no, I, I want to be here because she, you know, she talked him into it, essentially. And I think she feels that and she wants to see him through it. And I think she does a great job. And um, but yeah, br- awake brain surgery is stressful. I, I must have wrote, wrote these out of order because the next thing I have is, oh, shit, that surgery is working. OMG, a happy story. Finally. Uh, so I must have yeah. wrote those out of order. So my apologies, listeners. Um, no, because that's when the like the awake brain surgery is moving. Yeah, but then you have this this kind of cool exchange where Meredith and uh, Derek are walking, and the guy's like, "If you don't marry him, I will." Yeah, I love when he she goes, "Sorry, I called you a jackass," and he goes, "You didn't call me a jackass," and she goes, "Yeah, I did twice." I love that. Yeah, um, very good. But, but yes, then we get to the Izzy thing, and it is stressful to watch like it's stressful to watch even if she had not been an intern but she says she's never even seen it done before which they they cut they touch on this later but a lot of the medical practice is see one do one teach one so like you watch one once you've watched it and you feel comfortable um, you do one and then once you've done it successfully you can teach it so they're at a teaching hospital not every hospital is a teaching hospital this is a teaching hospital so see one, do one, teach one. So she says, I've never even seen one. So she's literally probably only read about it in a book. That's it. Maybe watched a video, but she's never seen one in person and she's doing it. And she's not even in an OR. She's just in like a room, an unsterile environment. She has no superiors. I said, God bless these nurses because they're really walking her through it. And again, and if we haven't said this, which I don't feel like we have credit to all the nurses because God, all bless the nurses. nurses, God bless healthcare workers. But Nurses especially work just like the craziest hours and they're just very underappreciated and we want to appreciate you. So I think it's, it's so cool in this situation. They do a great job showing it. Like these nurses have been around the block. They know what's happening. They aren't going to do it, but they can walk her through it and still make sure the patient lives because that's everyone's goal is that the patient is alive. So I, I did write that. Um, and then I wrote that Claude is absurd. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's crazy because she goes in, she can't find it, and then she just starts digging around. Yeah, yeah because she's like, the suction isn't working, so she's like, I'm just using my hand. And she just sticks out, and it's like a golf ball. Yeah, just rummaging around this person's Which insides and take out a golf ball size fucking clot. That's crazy. Uh, the so I for anyone who's listened to a couple of episodes now, uh, I reference back to Scrubs a lot. So so far in this show, I feel like while they probably are drawing some parallels because Scrubs came on a few years before uh, Grey's Anatomy, uh, there's a moment in the first couple of episodes where. Uh, Dr. Elliot, Elliot Reed, uh, another female character, has this very intense sink or swim moment. Right. And it's not as intensive doing as doing an open surgery in this unsterile environment, but it is, to me, I love that Izzy, I don't know why, but I love that Izzy got this really, this first out of everyone, this sink or swim, like, yeah, you're a doctor now. Yeah. Right. Like if you didn't think you were a doctor until this point, you are a doctor now. And yeah. that's why I really like this scene. I love the moment where she goes in the surgery and everyone is in the surgery. And she says, I had to open whoever up bedside and they all just whip their heads around. <laughs> and like, you what? And I just love that scene. And I, I think it's great. And like later they kind of call back to it when Burke is cleaning up. You know, he's helping her clothes and she said he says it's messy and, and she says, I'm sorry, and he's like, Don't be, you saved this person's life. It was gonna be messy regardless, but you did this. And I think yeah. that was really cool. Very um, powerful moment between those yeah, two. I love that. Um and then Alex comes down to get mad and the the scene between the two of them where they're yelling at each other in the scrub room is so hilarious. Every time they cut out and they're like the shot is through the OR, through the window, and they're just screaming. And she like takes his pager and breaks it. <laughs> She's just like, hateful. You are hateful. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. I love it. And then, so, okay, this, this gets real sad real quick, right? So Derek says, never a dull moment. And then Annie's like fucking vein ruptures everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really sad. Obviously, we have to watch it. And Alex is sprinting to get the blood. And at first, I think, again, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to get in this surgery. But ultimately, I do think it's because he really wanted her to live. Because there's a moment before he runs to get the blood where he says, really under his breath, it's so quiet. He's like, come on, Annie, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really telling for who he is because he he did want her to live regardless of whether or not he was in the surgery. He wanted her to pull through. And it sucks that she didn't, but he does sprint and he's trying to get that blood and it just sucks. He runs in like right after they call time of death and it just, it's rough. It's a rough moment. And it's so sad when they go tell the mom. Yeah. It's so sad when they go tell the mom. So I wrote this note and, and please don't share any future insight with me. Okay. I, I started to kind of question at that moment, like, okay, Alex, what was your motive? I want to know your motivation for getting into being a doctor, right? right? Because they briefly last episode talk about his dad. Correct. And then while, yes, he's, so he's a dick, right? Like we, Correct. D- at this point, you're not meant to like him. Right. But you start to see this arc forming. And I really hope that either before this season is over or within maybe early season two, I really do hope we get to see why 
I want to know why he got into medicine, what the story is, because clearly he cares. Right. If he, even though he is a jerk, he cares at some level about saving this person's life. So yeah. I want to know the motivation there. Um, yes. Same. I also want to know. Because I definitely... You already know. You're, you know. <laughs> Shut up. Um, okay, so real quick, because Annie's dead now, so I have to do this now because she's not going to be in the rest of the episode. Uh, we have to do Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! Love it. Okay, so first of all, this woman's name is Alex Alexander, and I <laughs> could not find a lot of information on her. Like, I... Outside of IMDb, I googled her and was going through all these different things, trying to find out if that was really her name, and I could find nothing. So that was a bummer. She was she played a nurse on an episode of How to Get Away with Murder, which is obviously another Shonda show. But I thought it was funny. She's also done House and ER. I'm like, damn girl, you just doing all those medical shows? She's only missing Scrubs, basically. <laughs> I know Royal Pains too is another one. Yeah. So I just thought that was worth noting that she had done those other, but no one, none of the other um, patients or anybody in this one has done other Shonda shows. None of the, the older guy or his daughter or the heart patient's wife. None of those were in other episodes or other shows. So just her this time. Um, Okay. So then we get to see Parkinson's man walking with his daughter and he's like, walking like arm in arm like they're going to be doing at her wedding it's so nice and heartwarming and it's just so nice that someone gets a happy ending yeah seriously other than christina and burke yes i wrote god i just love christina and burke because i love when he's like i'm never doing you another favor and he's like she's basically says you think that was a favor yeah and, and she's sitting there like i just held up a fat tumor for 14 hours yeah and he goes lock the door and i wrote bitch you lock the door damn you already standing up man Jesus. Well, it was after after she was like, you really wanted to find this shit? And then he's like, yeah. okay, then lock the door. Fuck. Yeah, but he's standing up. She's been it's holding true. the tumor for all this long. He just beat yeah. a dick. But then it cuts to a different Please. scene of she's still just laying on, on the, the bed there. Oh, she got up. She locked that door. <laughs> she oh, did locked she? that door I didn't so they could take their pants off. <laughs> yeah, smooshing booties. I wonder if they and used a condom this time. Probably. Because <laughs> like, they got them down the hall. It. Yeah. Um. So then we see George going to ask Meredith to hang out, and she's not there. Oh, you missed your chance. Procrastination. Don't do it. You fucked up. If tomorrow never comes, am I right? <laughs> exactly. And then I wrote, I just don't think people would stand around in the rain that much. Because Meredith is just standing there in the rain. She's just, get an umbrella. Or stand 100%. under this cover. Yeah, like God. you live in Seattle. Just get it. You have to have an umbrella. Get you a have raincoat. to. You get an Under Armour rain jacket. God. And then I said, so I guess she's trying with McDreamy. Trying with McDreamy, dreamy. So, I'm okay with that, though. I'm, I, that, that has my seal of approval, 100%. Yeah. I do think it's odd, though, that... Hold on. I, oh, 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 sorry. I thought I was going to sneeze, but I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry. She works with a lot of people. Lots of people work in hospitals. Not to say that everyone knows everybody, but a lot of people work there. And I just feel like someone would see you leave with him because I worked a place with not a lot of people. And it was like everyone would be all talking, oh, did you see so-and-so left with so-and-so? When it didn't matter at all. And when both so-and-sos were like in committed relationships. Like it doesn't matter. I just think it's odd that 
like someone would have seen. Are you like my question is, are you trying to keep it a secret or are you just going to try and everyone's going to know about it? Yeah, I envision a world where eventually they just are holding hands and everyone's like, what? What? (laughs) And then George is like, what? I don't get it. My heart. Oh, yeah, because then Alex says she's taken and he's like, no, I mean, I don't like her like that. But if she was seeing someone, I would know. Well, you don't. So you're wrong. Yeah. And you do like her like that. Both things are true. Okay, so was there anything else that you had that we didn't cover that you wanted to get into? Uh, no, no, I, I'm happy with the episode. Not as happy as, so last episode is my benchmark now. Um, yeah. For anyone that hasn't, hasn't listened, go listen to that. But uh, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to share my rankings. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm okay, feeling good about t- the rankings. Let me hear it, let me hear it. Hear that. Give me that ranking. So I give this episode a an intern, a two. Oh. Yikes. Yeah, it just was. It, it was just okay, right? So I think for me, and it, if you're if you're just popping into this for the la- for the first time, we we have a one through what five a weird ranking. Place to start. Yeah, one through five. <laughs> Maybe episode six is their favorite. So I'm sorry if <laughs> Maybe, I offend that's you. That's true. Uh, so we have a one through five ranking. It is med student, intern, uh, resident, fellow, attending. Good job. Right. So. Yeah, I think for me, I, I was expecting a bigger episode because this is the first time with the recap. And then nothing really crazy happens. But the best part of the episode for me was uh, obviously Izzy's rite of passage moment. And then yeah. uh, uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that Derek and Meredith are starting to work things out. But what would you yeah. give this episode ranking? I give it um, I give it a resident. Yes. Really? A three. A three out of five. All right. All I don't. Right. I think it's going to be hard for me to go under a three, just because I just love this show so much. I think it's going to have to be a really bad episode. I'm sure I will do it at some point, but I think I think it's going to be hard for me to go under a three because it's just I just I just love them all. It's good, but yeah. it wasn't. It, it, again, I'm coming off the high of of last yeah. episode. We're getting more Alex arc. We're getting Bailey. I love some Bailey. I love Doctor Bailey, even if she's being a little mean. I love her. Um. Obviously, I'm annoyed with George, but I like the Parkinson storyline that it has a happy ending for that family. Um, that Izzy has her big moment, even though I don't love Izzy. We get more Christina and Burke, which I love Christina and Burke. So it's just just good for me. I like it. Again, it's not gonna, it's typically not one that I would go out of my way to watch, but you know, I'm not going to skip it. So it's the middle of the road. So far, so, nothing nothing has been skip worthy. I've enjoyed it, and even even a two two out of five is still like. I'm not saying I hate it. That's I just a 50%. I think fifty percent. That's literally fail. Two out of five. That's a forty percent. Yes, a two point five is fifty percent. No, no, two oh, out of right. five. Sorry, I don't know why I was rounding up. I was like <laughs> giving it more on your behalf. No, forty <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's even uh, less. So that's don't still put words failure. in my mouth. Uh, no, it, don't it was put so positive fine. thoughts in my mouth. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was just fine. It's. It, it didn't blow me away. That's all. I was expecting more. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. We'll get more when we watch more. So, yeah. <laughs> stick around. Don't quit on me now. Um. Again, thank you guys for listening and watching with us. 
feel free to reach out on Instagram or email grazeacademypod at gmail.com, grazeacademypod on Instagram. We would love it if you would tell your friends that you know that you watch Grey's Anatomy or tell them, tell your friends who don't watch it and they can be on Carmen's side of things. Um, maybe leave a review if you have some time. We would love that. It would mean so much to us. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and your support, and we look forward to continuing. Yeah, and, and don't spoil anything. No spoilies. Right. No spoilies. Seriously. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one. Seriously.